like I said, we, we, Kristen mentioned we have several families that are traveling and trying to get some trips in. We had a very good week. Isn't this been a wonderful summer so far? I mean, we haven't been hitting 100 degree every day, but any day it doesn't hit 100, and every day you get a little rain in your yard. Just thank God for his blessings. I'll tell you, we are very blessed. I wanted to actually start a new series. It's called Formed by God, and today it's Discovering Your Dreams. And what was really interesting is, and even as Kristen alluded to in the announcements, we had a royal birth this week, which worked really well for my analogy. So I was like, thank you, God, for your timing on this. But you know, if you haven't been in front of a television, newspaper, or uh, any type of connect, uh, form of communication, there was a royal birth of George um, Alexander Lewis, yes, Louis, Louis. And I was just kind of thinking about this because, man, the press was all over this. And I was like, okay, we're in America. Why are we excited about this? Did, I mean, did anybody even kind of ask themselves, it's not like his royalty is really affecting us, right? I mean, and yes, we have a great relationship with England. But why was our press covering it 24-7? You know, I mean, every news thing had a, uh, right outside that hospital, we knew, we knew about the hospital, we knew about the hospital wing, we knew about the procedure, how this was going to come out, and then this person was going to take it and was going to put on an easel, and we just thought, oh, that is just so cool, you know, the tradition of it. Then it started dawning on me. You know, when a, um, an athlete has a baby, you know, a great football player, baseball player, we don't automatically assume that that child is going to be a great football or baseball player, right? Or if a movie star has a, a child, we're not going to say, oh, I wonder what, what leading role that, that baby's going to be in one day. But because of the bloodline of this child, the bloodline, we know that baby's future. Have you thought about that? The bloodline set that child apart that it, that child was going to, oh, offering was a few minutes ago. Uh, the bloodline showed that he was going to be fourth in line. And even one day in the car, I was talking with Auburn, our, our youngest, and I said, well, you know, if so many years happens, this, this, and, and Jesus says in return, you may see this child enter in that role, and you'll remember the day that he was born. So the bloodline makes a real difference. But what was real Fascinating, and I think what was the drawing factor is that we knew the purpose of that child's life. I also think that a lot of people are searching for their purpose in life. So anytime we see something like that happen, it's curiosity to us because we would like to know that. We would like to know what is going to be ahead of us. We would like to know what our, our, our life procedure is going to be like. I think that's why the press and all of those who have been striving for happiness and peace in their work and haven't received it are so excited about this because of the bloodline. So my question to you is, what is, what is your passion? Not as what is your profession, but what is your passion? Now that passion could be a person or a sports, but let me rephrase the question. Uh, a lot of times when, uh, when Austin and I are in, or we're in the car, we'll ask a question. And one of the questions came up, what would you try to accomplish if you knew it wasn't going to fail? 
So as you're thinking about what would I try to accomplish if you were guaranteed that it was not going to fail? Or what would you try to accomplish if you had unlimited funds? See, sometimes some of us have this dream or passion in our life, but we can't do it because of our, our work situation, our financial situation, our time, our location. If all of those elements were removed, what would you want to do? What do you feel that God created and called you to do? That we have a lot of excuses for, but if I just said, let's remove all those excuses right now. As you're searching yourself, what was I created for? What gifts and talents do I have? Ephesians 2.10 in the Word of God tells us this. God has made us what we are. I tell Kristen that all the time when she gets mad at me. Well, God created me the way I... No. <laughs> it's the way I are, honey. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that He has prepared us to do. Now, i got to do a little time out here because the moment you hear a pastor talk about good works, good works is not salvation. Good works is what God has prepared for you to do that will expand the kingdom of God. But what happens is sometimes we twist that into a works-oriented grace, and when you twist works into grace, you just cheapen what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jesus Christ did everything on the cross for us, but we were designed to go and do good works for him. So unfortunately, you see people on our streets that are earning their way to heaven. Mm -mm. When he said it is finished, it was finished. Okay? But now we have the name and the authority to go and impact our world. So that when you read this, good works is that what we were designed and created to do. See, I believe that Dina was designed and created to lead us in worship. And I also know that if Dino wasn't doing that, there would be an emptiness and a void in his life. Because nothing else, you could be performing. You could be a top biller in Nashville, and there would be an emptiness because he wasn't fulfilling what he was called to do. We know that Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, Pre uh, Elvis Presley, sorry, I can't even remember, you know, the king of pop, um, Elvis Presley, we're raised in Christian homes. In fact, when Elvis would finish a tour, he would love to go back and sing hymns. Why would you want to go back and sing hymns after you just, you know, all this? Okay? And then you want to go back and... <laughs> That's like our life. It was a vapor and then it's gone. Tommy Barnett, pastor of Phoenix First Assembly of God and the Dream Center, tells a story about a woman that was in Phoenix. She was known as the bag lady. Everyone knew about the bag lady. Everybody helped out the bag lady when possible. And one day the bag lady passed away. And when they went to her home and found her in her home, they found literally trash cans full of cash. Cash was stuck under her mattress, under her carpet, in pantries, everywhere there was cash. In fact, they found millions of dollars in her home. Whom they thought was penniless actually had quite a fortune. See, I believe that Christians also, when we don't realize the treasure that's inside of us, 
when we don't realize what God has done for us. We're taking our treasure and we're just putting it in a trash can and nobody knows about it. And they're saying, oh, look at those poor Christians. You should never hear the term poor Christians. We are blessed beyond measure. Churches should not be struggling. We should be doing more to impact the economy than the economy would be impacting us. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, Our bodies are made of clay, yet we have the treasure of the good news in them. This shows that the superior power of his treasure belongs to God and doesn't come from us. What this is saying is that we contain the Holy Spirit. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we have empowerment to do what God has called us to do. When you try to do this on your own, you will get tired, you will get discouraged, you will get frustrated. But when you turn your life over to the Holy Spirit and you listen to what the Holy Spirit is guiding, directing, and leading you, that still small voice, we walk in the fulfillment of our lives. God living in us, that is a treasure. That is the hope of glory. I want you to know that every one of us, every one of us, was created with a dream, a destiny, and a purpose. Every one of them. No one can discount themselves. Every one of us was formed with a dream, a destiny, and a purpose. When God created you, he created you with a purpose in mind. That you will do something that he needs done in this world during this time. You could have been born in the 1800s. You could have been born in the 1500s. You could be born tomorrow. But God created you at the age, at the location, at the place. Even I love when the Bible says he establishes the places of our habitation. He knows where you are. You may not be happy where you're living right now, but God knows where you are. He knows your situation. He knows your circumstances. He is greater than your situation. He is greater than your circumstances. But when we let those circumstances and situations get in front of us and God, all of a sudden our view starts looking at our circumstances and not of our God. We need to be looking to God, the author and finisher of our faith, what the Word of God tells us to do. So number one, three-point message, we are God's workmanship. I want you to know that God does great creative work. I don't even think we fathom how great our universe is. I sometimes feel like a dumb dog just staring at things because they, they discover new galaxies, new universes that are so expansive and when they try to explain to me that Mark if you traveled at the speed of light for a whole year you'd still not travel this distance and I thought driving 80 on night 20 was exciting I can't even fathom doing something like that not that I did that okay I'm just you know especially if my children are in here yeah, yeah. it's not that exciting Austin right John yeah but when you also look at our cells, if we were to dissect a cell and to see the detail and the creativity of each cell inside of us, God does amazing creative work. We are a part of God's new creation because 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. Praise God for that. 
The old way of living has disappeared and a new way of living has come into existence. What that, that, we could preach 52 Sundays just on that one verse. There's so much depth in that. There's so much depth that just even mention it, just, it's, it's almost a disgrace because there's so much truth in this. But what he's saying is that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Our old self has been put away. God continues to work in us. God is continually making changes in us. But sometimes people feel that they don't have anything to offer to God. The enemy will lie to you to try to tell you that you have nothing to offer. And each one of us has a plan. Each one of us has been designed with a dream and a purpose. These good works are divine opportunities and it can be found in the dreams that God has placed. Now when I talk about the dreams, I'm not talking about what you had last night because you ate pizza at 10.30 at night. I'm talking about the design of your life, the goals, visions that burn in your heart. If you're writing something down, this might be a good thing to write down. Because a dream does not drive you, it draws you. A dream is not going to drive you, it's going to draw you. If it's driving you, it's not from God. We have a lot of things driving our lives right now. Our schedules are packed out. I know mine is. I stay very busy. But it's when God is drawing you, you make time for that. Do you understand? See, there's, there's a lot of important people in my life, but Kristen is pretty high up on that list. And no matter what my day is, if she comes into my office, I pretty much stop what I'm doing and I give her attention. Or if the cell phone, and I'll see calls coming in and I'm already on a headset, but when I see it's Kristen, because of my love and my respect for her, it draws me. We can't continue to put God on hold. We can't continue to tell God, well, when my circumstances change, then I'll do what you want me to do. I know what I was created to do, but right now is not a good time, God. You're, you're telling the creator of the universe, would you please hold for a few minutes? We do that, but we don't purposefully do that, but we do that. And aren't you glad that he is full of grace and he is full of mercy? I tell you many times, I think I've made God smile. He's like, really? Okay, I'll wait. You just continue to circle around that desert until you're ready to leave that area. And I'm like, but God, I'm so busy for you. I'm in the kingdom work. And he's like, I'm just waiting on you, Mark. When you're ready. Without a dream, people are frustrated and disillusioned. And they miss out on what God created them for. Without a dream, people are frustrated and disillusioned. Every day, we hear of horrific stories of people who do horrific things to hurt a lot of people. Evil does exist in this world. But I think that 
it starts with being frustrated and disillusioned. And frustration and disillusion lead to hatred, distrust, discouragement, bitterness, anger. And all of that then produces what we see on the news. When you see the neighbor being interviewed, they were such a quiet couple. Why, uh, the, the, the quiet ones scare me, okay? I'd rather hear the people, oh, like this. All right, okay, you're a nut. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. But it's the quiet ones, because it's always, well, they were just such a quiet, or he was such a quiet to himself, young man. We have to be careful. We have to impact those people around us to find out, are they frustrated in life? Are they disillusioned in life? Are they angry at life? Are they bitter in life? And look at, are they pursuing what God created them to be? Because success will be hollow without God. Money is really worthless without God. I read yesterday that the co-inventor of the show The Simpsons has a month to live and he's now giving away millions of his dollars to his family because he sees that he won't ever spend it. Money is empty. Popularity is quick. Beauty fades. It's not for you, baby. That was my one point for you guys that went through that video series. I got one point on that one. Everyone has a destiny and a purpose. It's not just for the elite. It's for everyone. And my question to you is, are we going to fulfill our destiny? Maybe today you've been lured away from your dream. Maybe you feel like your life has been destined for insignificance. That's a lie of the enemy. That is a lie of the enemy. That your life is insignificant. That you don't matter to anyone. No one cares about you. These are all lies of the enemy. In fact, the Bible tells me that the Lord is my shepherd. He knows my name. He knows the hairs on my head. In fact, my name is inscribed on the palm of his hand. He has called me by name. God has a plan and a purpose for my life. See, when the enemy is trying to discourage me, I have to get into the word of who I am and whose I am and encourage myself. Amen. Point number two, how do I know my dream is from God? You have to understand that your dream did not originate in you. It was placed and resides inside of you, but it came from God. He is the source of your dream. And when people try to dream without God, their dreams are just hollow and unsatisfying. We see this many times in the corporate world. We see this in Hollywood. We see this in the newspapers each day. People have gain the success that they've always worked for, but they're still unhappy. So they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol. Emptiness. But they have everything that you and I would think would make them happy. Don't chase a dream without God. Here are some qualifications for a God-given dream. One, it's going to be bigger than you. It's going to be bigger than you. You can't let it go. You'd be willing to give everything for it. It brings glory to God. 
These are elements of God-given dreams. You see, life whittles away at our God-given dreams. And at some point in our adulthood, we take the God-given dreams and we minimize it down into a box so that we're not discouraged by it. And we say, one day I'll do this. And we minimize our entire reason for being and we put it on hold. Mark 10.27 tells us this, And Jesus looking on them said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Amen. God, all things are possible. Amen. If your dream is to say, I want to give $10 to missions. That's why God created me. You minimized your dream. But when you come in and you say, Pastor Mark... I make 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 dollars. I feel that God's called me to give a million dollars to missions. That's a God-sized dream. And then I would give you Mark 10:27. says, "You know what? With God, all things are possible." Well, pastor, I don't want to give a million dollars away. Then maybe that's not your dream. What would it be to say, I would like to lead 5,000 people to Christ in my lifetime? First thing you thought is, I may not even know 5,000 people. Well, guess what? Maybe God wants 5,000 strangers to come into your world. Don't make the mistake of pursuing dreams that are going to fade away. Build your dreams on something that will last. I just finished reading through James. I'm starting 1 Peter. And 1 Peter 1.25 says, The word of God will last forever. Amen. I love that. That's been running through my mind. The word of God will last forever. Things in this world are very temporary. Limited warranty. Don't you love those two words all put together? <laughs> Limited warranty. And then when you read the fine print, it's on parts and labor, not valid. And blah, 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 blah. It was like one Tuesday in October, your product was actually fully warrantied, and you blew it. See, it's interesting. We had air conditioning work done two years ago. It has a five-year warranty. So it went out about two weeks ago, thinking, whew, we're taken care of. Guess what? It had a one-year warranty on labor, a five-year on, on parts. Fine print. Number three, people follow their dreams. Blessed people will follow their dreams. Abraham was able to leave his father and friends to go to a new land because God had given him a dream. God had given him a promise. If God has given you a promise, you need to hold on to that promise. You need to write that promise down. That promise needs to be everywhere in your world. It needs to be in your bedroom. It needs to be in your car. It needs, your children need to know it that when you start talking about God's promise, they roll their eyes because they've heard it so many times. Write it on the doorpost next to the Word of God. But when you've been given a promise, you hold on to it. Because I'm going to tell you, there are going to be winds created by Satan that are going to try to blow that piece of paper out of your hand. There are going to be people that come into your life with the sole purpose. They may come in smiles and giggly, but their whole purpose is to steal your joy. 
You need to hold on to your promise. Joseph was able to endure persecution. Joseph was able to endure imprisonment. Joseph had a lying accusation made about him. Not that that would ever happen to us. But he held on to his dream. Moses was willing to leave at the palace and the riches of Egypt and go live with his people so that he could deliver them from the bondage. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beaten. Paul was stoned. And he continued on with such perseverance. In fact, when you read towards the end, I feel there's more zeal. He's saying, you know what? I've run a good race. I know I'm going to be poured out. like an, I mean, he knew it was coming. But there was passion in his writing. Not like, well, that was a fun run. <laughs> Don't know what's happening next. Man, he was already in the next chapter. My favorite, though, my favorite, still has to be Gideon. Gideon, if you don't remember, is in a wine press, which is underground, thrashing wheat, which is supposed to be done above ground. See, what happens, they would take the wheat, they would throw it up in the air, and the wind would blow away, and then the wheat would fall down what was good, and that's what they collected. So you need wind to do this. But the thing happened is that the Midianites had control of their area. So every time crop time, uh, harvest would come in, they would come in and they would steal everything. So it's kind of just like when, you're, when your paycheck comes in, they would show up that day and say, oh, paycheck day, great, Joe, I'm going to take it and leave. So all of a sudden, Joe's trying to figure out, how can I get my paycheck so that they won't see it come? Really, that's what's happening. Because every time something good was about to happen, somebody walked in your life and took it. So he's in a wine press. An angel of the Lord comes to him. And you know what the angel says? He goes, you ready? Behold, mighty man of valor. Mighty man of courage. Bless you. Now in his mind, he has to think, do you know what I'm, I'm hiding down here so that they don't take my wheat? And you're calling me a mighty man of valor or mighty man of courage. You know why I like this? Because God didn't call him what he was. God called him what he could be. I am so thankful that God is not calling us what we are right now, but God's calling us always of what we can be. He sees and knows the potential inside of us. All of us have unlimited potential. We limit that potential. We discourage ourselves. We talk ourselves out of why we can't do certain things. Some of our biggest enemies are we, ourselves, I. Then you add some other people that are we negative people, and you have a group telling you why things won't happen. I love being around people that are positive and encouraging and dream big dreams. And they like being around me because I encourage them. God sees our potential. He knows what we're capable of. You may feel weak today, but God is speaking that you are strong. You may feel discouraged today, but God is speaking encouragement over you. So right now, if you're feeling discouraged, God would be, the angel of the Lord say, welcome, mighty man of encouragement. And you're like, I don't feel encouraged. God sees what we're capable of. Also, then he tells the dream of how he is going to defeat the Midianites. power in having a purpose 
So let's discover our dreams. Here's some practical steps. A dream is of no use unless it's discovered. How would you like to know? Uh, just this one came to me this morning, okay? How would you like to know on the on the your death's bed, you know, you you've you've already know that hey, your your time is about to check out. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord says, "Dino, I want you to know that in your backyard there was billions of dollars of gold." And you own the mineral rights. <laughs> now, just think about it. Randy, you help, you're living on a silver mine. Greg, if you would just stick a stick in your yard, oil, that is, black gold, Texas tea. Now, how would you like to learn about that with maybe three to four minutes left on this earth? So something that is not discovered is of no value. Because Dino never got to spin the gold. Randy never got to go into the silver. And Greg was not an oil man because it was never discovered. Until that gold is mined and dug out, there is the value and the worth. We are the possessors of a great treasure inside. And unless it is brought out, we are useless. If you're just saying, I'm a born-again Christian, but I, it's just about me, then you're really a useless Christian. But when we are realizing the potential that's inside of us and why God created us, we realize there's a gold mine inside. There's a silver mine. I am gushing with oil. Maybe it's the anointing is flowing out but we never tapped into it. The number one reason why we don't discover our dreams, number one reason why we don't discover our dreams is because we don't get alone with God. Psalms 46.10 tells us this. Be still. Some of you aren't even comfortable that I stopped reading right there. Come on, Mark. Let's finish this verse. Come on. We started it. There's some A-type personalities in here. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in earth. There's an Indian tribe in Oregon that when the young men reached... I think it was the age of 13, they were sent out into the woods to survive. And they were told that you can come back when you have a vision. Traditionally, those that came back quickly were discouraged and disillusioned and never took leadership in that tribe. But those that spent time in the wilderness and waited for their purpose and their vision became tribal leaders. And what happens in today's society is we try to microwave our time with God. Well, God, I, I was at church from 10.30 till 12. He wants more. He wants more of you and I than just a little time on Sunday morning. 
Number two, review your gifts and talents. Romans 12, 6 tells us that God in his kindness gave each of us different gifts. God gave each of us different gifts. JT is talented, but I am not in, when it comes to drawing and art and creativity. Gifts that were given were not given to me. Corianne, crafting. Man, when, the, when they came home, which y'all made the other night, it just totally blew my mind that you guys could make something like that. Because that's not me. Mine would have not looked as pretty as that. That's why I wasn't invited. But God, God gave us gifts. So if your gift is speaking God's word, make sure what you say agrees with the Christian faith. God gave you the gifts. You didn't choose them. There wasn't a Walmart of heaven where you just went down and said, oh, I want some of this and some of this and some of this and make me good looking. <laughs> Done? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been great? Fulfillment comes when you use those gifts in service for him. Your abilities, your talents. The Lord speaks to us through desires. Number three, my last point, review your experiences. Here comes a good one to write down. God will take your experiences to bless others. The devil will take those experiences to destroy or hinder you. It, it really comes down to those two things. I mean, we could debate third party, no. God wants to use your experiences to make you a blessing to other people. Satan is going to try to remind you constantly of your experiences and your failures to destroy you. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Understand that not all things are good, but all things work together for good. You see, we just think that because God is good, nothing bad should happen in this world. We have free will. We make our choices. We can deny God, we can deny God's word, and we can make our choices. I could yell and scream to tell you to stop, this is a dead end road, and you can continue to drive. When David saw the opportunity to fight Goliath, the things that ran through his mind is, I've taken on a bear, I've taken on a lion, they were worse than this guy, so why don't I get this and I get the king's daughter and some riches? Woohoo! I love that. If you read that, there was a little bit, he's like, he even goes around, he's like, uh, Fran, would you mind telling me again, what do I get if I do this? It's kind of like being on the prices right, you know what I mean? Like, if I, if I guess it right, what do I get? The, the daughter and money? This is nothing compared to what I've been through. That's really what David said, this is nothing compared to what I've done. And then he goes out with an attitude. You uncircumcised Philistine, I'm going to take you down today. How dare you Amen. defy the name of my God? Amen. See, we should be angry when they're defying the name of our God. But we're like, oh, you know, hey, live and let live until Christ comes. <laughs> Decide what's really important in life. 1 Corinthians 10.23 Someone may say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything encourages growth. 
What Paul was saying is that, you know what? There's a lot of things in our life that are going to come to us as choices, but not all of them are going to build you up in your faith. Not all of them are going to grow you. Yes, you could shave your head and hand out flowers at the airport, but it's not going to grow you in the depth of the Word of God. Some things are not bad. They're just a waste of time. Some things are not bad, but you know what they are? They were Satan-sent distractions to your life. I don't know if you've ever encountered a Satan-filled distraction. I have, okay? That just took a tremendous amount of time. But you know what took a tremendous amount of effort out of my life? A lot of, of just... Have you ever felt drained being through a situation? Totally drained. And then I realized that was a spiritual attack. I don't know why I didn't see that before. If I'd have seen it as a spiritual attack, I would have attacked it spiritually. But I just was, I had a, I ate dumb cereal that morning and I just went through that whole thing. And then I pray, God, give me the strength, give me your peace, give me your hope in this situation. Give me wisdom, God. Give me love in this situation. Because distractions and waste of time are going to come and try to whittle away at your purpose. I've got one or two other messages on this that are really going to help you define your dream and passion. And how God is behind it. So that you can understand why you were created and you don't go through life empty and disillusioned. Because remember we talked about earlier, emptiness and disillusionment will, will turn into discouragement, anger, and bitterness. And if something's not done, then all of a sudden, the outcome is not pretty. We have the opportunity to get into God's word, to discover the gifts and callings that are in our lives, to get rid of distractions. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I recognize everyone in here, and if anyone needs salvation, I will be more than happy to pray with you. But right now, I would like to pray over you That your dream, your design, your destiny would come to fulfillment in you, regardless of your age. Whether you're 6 or 96, that you would understand why you were created, why God gave you today, why this is the day the Lord has made. Because God gave you this day for a reason. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you. We can cry out, Abba, Father, to you. We can lay at your feet. I first ask for forgiveness when we have rushed through our time with you this week. When we have postponed or delayed you. When we know that you were calling us to spend time with you. Forgive us when our prayers are shopping lists. But I ask God that you would open up our hearts, that we would truly understand our destiny, our dreams that you have created. 
why you formed us in the womb, your plan and your purpose for our lives. Father, right now I bind any discouragement. I bind right now in the name of Jesus disillusionment. I bind right now the spirit of fear. I bind right now the lies of the enemy that have told us that we are insignificant, that we have nothing to offer. Open our eyes, God, to see that we are children of the Most High God. Open our eyes to see the promises of the Word of God for us that are yes and amen. Open our eyes that we can see the power and the authority that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Stir those dreams within us and forgive us for belittling your timing. We thank you, Father, for opening our eyes and open our hearts. We ask, God, that you would bring those in over the next few weeks that need to hear this message because they're going through discouragement. They're going through disillusionment. They're angry. They're bitter. Because they're not working, walking in the purpose that you've called them to be. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to stand, I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. I'd love to see you Tuesday night. But also, if you know somebody that's going through a difficult time, struggling in who they are, invite them to church. Bring them. If they won't come, ask for a, a CD of the message. We'll give you a free CD of the message. But if we go to the time and effort and expense of giving it, deliver it to them. Don't let it just sit in your car. We were designed to make an impact. We were designed to make an impact. According to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. We love you.